All right, here we are. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Abundance Universe podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, my great friend, amazing artist, Mr. Jaden Violet. Jaden, welcome to Abundance Universe. How you doing today, man? What's going on, man? I'm doing good. It's been a beautiful week, beautiful start to the year of 2023. And um, no, I'm appreciative of you even inviting me to this podcast. I'm I'm super, super stoked to talk about everything. Um, so yeah, I'm ready. Let's get it. Absolutely, man. I'm extremely stoked too, extremely excited. So just so you all know, Jaden is a musician. That's how I met Jaden uh, as a musician. Found out about him on Twitter in this wild wonderful world called web3 and nfts and for those of you that don't know about nfts it stands for non-fungible token is cryptocurrency art but it's a place where really strong communities come together to create collaborate and uplift the world which you know we're all about over on this side so Jaden has a really amazing community called the underground violet rave i'm gonna let him tell you all about it but about a year ago I actually was looking through Twitter for music NFTs, great musicians, and just stumbled upon Jaden's stuff and really just vibe with his sound and everything he was doing. He's a leader, creating space and time for other artists to learn. He's onboarding people into the space, educating, and just being supportive, man, in so many ways. So want to, you know, I, I joined his Discord as, as a member, but um, I, I want to get into the underground violet rave maybe we can start there uh what is Jaden violet all about tell us about your music and this community that you started and and just your whole vibe man um uh, give us an intro yeah. to you no i appreciate you man um it's definitely a lot so i'm gonna try my best to keep it as brief as possible but you know my name is Jaden violet um in the essence uh over everything i'm a musician an artist i've been making music for about four years at this point which is not that long compared to some other people that i've been meeting specifically in this space but you know it's uh it's been a lot you know sacrificed a lot in order to chase this full time i am a musician um a hundred percent full time and um, you know, I've always had the opportunity. I can start it off with being early to many things, but not actually taking advantage of being early to said things. And I feel like I always mention that because I feel like that's when you can really get the snowball effect. I think there's a reason why, you know, people like Logan Paul and Jake Paul are so big and have such a big brand that they do right now. Um, and even people like Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio on TikTok, right? Um, they were early to these platforms, but they actually took advantage of being early. And I never did that. I never, never did that. And I remember like, you know, even for example, TikTok, right? When Musical.ly first turned into TikTok, my sister was always like, post five times a day, like you can blow up. Like so many artists are finally gaining their communities, you know, on this platform. And I just, I failed to do it. And there's no excuse other than my own laziness. Um, and I really, really beat myself up over it as well. You know, I saw all these musicians, all my peers start to blow up and gain their communities while I was still stuck on Instagram and the old ways and not, you know, really adapting. And I can say the same thing with the NFT space. You know, when the NFT space really started to emerge in early 2020, uh, when it comes to the art side of things, I noticed it, but I just didn't do anything about it. Um, same thing, same reason because of TikTok, because of my own laziness. And I was still was trying. It, was to it laziness, though, or was it something else? It was honestly like I, I I do think it was. You don't take me as a lazy person, but you know, I it's, mean, you know, I, a lot has changed. I I would say right. Um, you know, 
I sacrificed a lot in order to chase my dream full time. I dropped out of college. Um, I was in college for business. Um, I tried very, very hard when it comes to school and stuff. And I did that not because I wanted to, because my outside, uh, you know, environment kind of put their own goals, you know, onto me. And I felt like that's what I had to do. Right. So, you know, did really hard and, you know, tried really hard in high school, got a perfect fucking SAT score. You know what I'm saying? Not because like, I think I'm smart or anything. I just think it's because I have applied myself there you know and I feel like anyone could get that if they really applied themselves but you know I was in college I was in the business school and I ended up dropping out just because I'm like okay I need to really pursue my dream full time but for the first two years honestly I think I was being lazy because I didn't understand what working hard really meant you know I was spending a lot of my time watching Netflix or going out with my friends because I still miss that lifestyle whatever you want to call it but I realized in order to be you know part of this one percent of people that really achieve their dreams I need to give all of that up. I need to do this full time. And if that means to adapt to new things that are coming up, then I need to do that. And I just failed to because I didn't actually sit down and take myself seriously, honestly, at the end of the day. Right. And if I did, I just, you know, wasn't actually doing the actions to, you know, match that. So, you know, when 2021 came the end, I ended up getting COVID and it was a very reflective period for me. Right. Because I was looking back at the year and I'm like, man, what have I really accomplished this year? You know, what has changed for me that was, you know, happening in the beginning of 2021? Has anything changed in my career? And honestly, the answer was no. You know, I, I released music, but my community stayed the same. Um, I hate to bring, you know, things back to the followings and stuff and numbers, but, you know, my, my following didn't grow anything. Nothing really happened. And I had to really self-evaluate and be like, okay, something has to change for the year of 2022. I can't waste time anymore because this is my only opportunity. This is our only opportunity to make it in whatever we're trying to do, right? Whatever profession that is. So um, coincidentally, I got introduced to the NFT space specifically for music at the same time. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect. Um, I'm in a very deep reflective state. And I know that I have to change my work ethic entirely in 2022. And not only that, but I'm finally early to something, but rather than just being aware that I'm early to something, I'm actually going to take the you know action necessary to execute on my awareness of being early. So that's when I discovered music NFTs. I remember seeing a song sell for $10,000 under two minutes, which to me was absolutely absurd, right? Because my highest streaming song is 100,000 streams on Spotify because of a TikTok video that blew up, which to some people may seem like an amazing feat. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But 100,000 streams only gave me $300. So realistically, I have to do 100,000 streams every single week just to make $300 a week, which is less than minimum wage, right? It's not sustainable. And it's very, very disappointing for independent artists. So when I saw this, you know, crazy song sell for $10,000 under two minutes because of NFTs and Web3, it definitely piqued my curiosity. But I always say that I never think that, you know, monetary values are enough to actually sustain someone in anything, right? I think it's when people started to tell me that I'm an artist in the Web3 space and I've never gotten this much interaction on my art before. And right there, I'm like, this is what I want, right? I want a community around my art. I want to meet other people that are like-minded. Um, I want to reach more people with my music. So January 1st started, I started my Twitter account because I realized most of the people in Web3 are there. Started with like 50 followers and I created this community called the Underground Violet Rave. Um, it's named that mostly just because back then I thought it sounded cool and it rolled off the tongue nicely. You know what I mean? Um, but people really started to resonate with it. And we started on Twitter spaces, which are like these digital uh, social audio communities, kind of like Clubhouse, where there's a host, co-host, speakers and listeners. And we just started to grow it from there. 
Um, it started off very slow, maybe one, two people joined, but then we just consistently started to do it. We met more musicians, we talked to people and this community I've always dreamed of started to actually form, you know, right beneath my eyes, you know, out of nothing. And it was beautiful. We started to host these spaces every day, talk about NFTs, empower artists on how they can use this technology to actually, you know, free themselves in an independent way. And man, there's a, there's a lot more. We started to, you know, someone was like, why not host this underground Violet Rave in real life? And I'm like, you're absolutely crazy. I'm not doing that. I've never hosted an event by myself ever. I've always thought you needed to blow up and have thousands of hundreds, hundreds of thousands of followers to do that. But that's not the case. And it really clicked for me that the only people that are holding ourselves back is us. And we ended up hosting the first underground Violet Rave, aka UVR in Brooklyn, um, uh, on June 20th of 2022. Uh, we went on to do Virginia, Cincinnati, Miami, um, all within a year. And this community has grown into something beautiful. I'm still releasing music and it's just insane how much can happen when you really can put your focus towards it. Uh, but yeah, I said a lot, so I'm gonna I'm just stop right there, but hopefully that gave a nice like kind of summary. Man, that was amazing. That was an amazing story of going from a place where you didn't really know what you, what you were doing or why you were there to making a decision. You decided this is not who I am. I have to be myself. I know my time is limited to do what I want to do. Reminds me of a quote I heard recently. Somebody said, there's a short window of opportunity for you to really live your dreams. And when you when you sense that opportunity is here, you have to do everything you can to focus, as you said, focus in and manifest as much greatness as possible within that window of opportunity, mm -hmm. taking massive action, which is what you did. A hundred percent. Why, why underground Violet Rave? Did you use like a name picker? Did you have that planned? Was that something you wanted to use for something for a while or to come from? Dude, it's absolutely crazy because if it's one thing that I'm super indecisive, well, first of all, I'm just an indecisive individual altogether when it comes to decisions, but especially with names, especially with the names, I'm always, always overthinking. I can never settle on a name. Even I used to have like um a YouTube channel back when I was younger because I wanted to blow up as like a gamer. I like a Minecraft YouTube channel and a Call of Duty YouTube channel. And even for that, I took literally like months just to like settle in on a name that I actually liked, right? Because I'm always like, nah, I can think of something better. Um, And honestly, that happened with the underground Violet Rave. Initially, it came very, very organic. What happened was we started on the Twitter spaces. We did them at night for like seven hours every other night, like, like absurd. And musicians came in and we just played their music, right? And that gave the opportunity for a lot of people to connect. Um, And it went off to a bunch of beautiful things. But we named it underground Violet Rave because I'm like, man, we're doing this at a nighttime. Artists are coming and playing their music. This is like rave vibes. You know what I'm saying? And this is all like underground artists. And this Web3 space is so underground that no one knows that we're really making moves and we actually make good art. So hence the name Underground Violet Rave. It just clicked and I just kept it ever since. Um, but of course, since I mentioned that I'm indecisive, I went back a lot of times and I'm like, man, is this a is this good for branding for long term? Like, is this how I want to do things? But Honestly, I, I realized that I was just, you know, it's fine, you know, and it'll work out. And a name is just what the community and people make of it. Um, Everyone would think the name Little Baby was weird if he never blew up. You know what I mean? But now that he has the context, everyone thinks it's lit. No one has a problem with it, right? So 100%. that's a fact. And that's that speaks to just taking action and deciding again. There's a video that you posted actually a while ago on Twitter. And you talked about indecision. And artists face indecision all the time. But you said you just got to decide and take action, decide to do it, 
do it now. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Not procrastinating. You post a lot of videos that have good little tidbits of information, inspiration, and uplift for creative entrepreneurs. And I really appreciate that about you. And I encourage you to do more of that because it encourages me. It encourages us. It encourages this podcast and things like this to be happening, right? Having high-level conversations. And we're going to record this and put it out to the world on every platform possible because this stuff matters. These words mean and make a difference. Your life story and the things that you face and the decisions that you made to go ahead and live the life that you want to live and live life on your own terms. That's what abundance is all about, the abundance mm -hmm. mindset. So I really support and appreciate that. And you touched too on Twitter spaces. I really love Twitter spaces. And that's where I actually found out about you is on Twitter spaces mm -hmm. and, and just following you on Twitter and listening to the music at the UVR sessions early on. Oh yeah, year. yeah, and uh, join the Discord and all that. So, I think it's really special that somebody out there cares enough to create a platform or create a space for other people to listen and share and vibe. But that does so much more than just give an opportunity. That actually creates other forms of inspiration, whether people engage with that or not. People see it. You know, mm -hmm. it's real. It's happening. And I think it's it's good to just acknowledge that you're choosing to do that because it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort to do anything that is greater and bigger than yourself. So I respect and appreciate you for doing that. And I really like Thank to you. the things that you do to keep people engaged and make it more than just a place to kick it. You do things like the orb, which is mm -hmm. one of my favorite things that you do where every day in your UVR spaces that are in the mornings, you have a secret word and a secret phrase that people have to guess and you give clues throughout the episode as you're interviewing artists, as you're playing music, as you're talking about current events in the NFT space, you're giving clues and people are trying to guess the words and put them into POAP, P-O-A-P, which is proof of attendance protocol, which is an opportunity for people to get a free NFT and collect this. And you have, you've made dozens of these now and people are collecting them. People race to collect them. There's always a limited number. There's hundreds of people trying to get it. And you want to try to be the first person to guess the, the clue and get the secret word right and get the POAP every day. I love it. You've gamified community in a very positive, non-predatory way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In, exactly. in, a, in a pure way, which is really, really dope. Um, what are some other things that you plan to do with the Underground Violet Rave and the community uh, even this year? What kind of things do you have coming up? Or what are you looking forward to? And also, what's some things you want to manifest and see if our community members can help create? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple things that you said that I think are very, very important that I would love to touch on before um, I, I mention what we plan on doing in the future. Um, the first thing is social audio, right? And I just think this is going to be very important for people listening. I genuinely believe that social audio is one of the biggest things that have happened in our generation. Um, and I really, really think even the people using it right now, including myself, are still not understanding how big and how much potential there really is to talk in a setting that is shared amongst people from all around the world. This thing never was available to us, right? We had things like phone calls and group calls and stuff like that. But, you know, to be able to come together and if anyone remembers House Party from long, long time ago where people got to come together, it's very similar to that, but it's that times 100, right? It's like 
you can be from Europe, you could be from Australia, New Jersey, where I'm from, anywhere, and you can join in on any chat room and talk to the people that you want to connect with, right? The layers between you and someone else have basically been minimized because of social audio. And that part is something that really, really interested me, right? So when I started doing the Twitter spaces, of course, I wanted to have this community, right? Because I feel like every single person that blows up and makes a movement you know, they don't do it alone, right? They do it with other people. And, you know, since I'm a musician, just using like, you know, just using music examples. When I was a kid, I always looked at people like ASAP Mob, right? With ASAP Rocky and everyone like Odd Future. And I'm like, man, I'm so envious because I'm from Jersey where I don't know a single musician. How do I blow up if I don't know anyone else who's, you know, with the same similar mindset as me, right? And when I started doing Twitter spaces, I started to actually form that. And I'm so, so grateful for it. And I'm like, this is what is needed. And artists didn't have a space to come, you know, to and share their ideas and discuss before. The whole other part of it, right, is that it allows me to get leverage to do the things that I want to do to open doors for me. And I think Web3 is so powerful, not only because of the technology, but because artists finally have the opportunity to be early at something and build leverage before these companies do and then use that leverage to get what they want right whereas before they had to be the mercy of all you know of all of these middlemen taking these cuts so it's like i've joined the web3 space i've gained this community using social audio and i've used it to create leverage to basically give myself performance opportunities to get collaborations with people that would have never responded to my dms on instagram before because i have nothing to offer them right and web3 and social audio has allowed in this community uvr has allowed me to create leverage and actually provide value to people um to use it for the benefit of everyone you know all artists involved and i'm really really stoked about that um moving forward with that you know like the underground violet rave um I'm going to need you to repeat the question because I really wanted to get that point off and I completely forgot what the well, question was. I will give you the question, but I just want to touch on some some thing that you said that's very key is you mentioned leverage. You mentioned the artist is the leverage. The community is the leverage. The power is with the people. Mm -hmm. That's a Web3 concept in itself, man. And I really want to make sure people hone in on that concept that by doing the things and creating the world that you want to see as a as a creative entrepreneur, as an artist, you have the leverage. You are who the brands need. You are what you are the culture. You are what they're looking for to drive everything that they have created, whether it's products, sales, services, using apps. It's all happening through the culture. So mm -hmm. you're creating that. And I'm glad that you highlighted that and you recognize and realize that you saw what was happening with other successful artists and you've created your own version of success. You didn't copy, you created. And you're not just consuming content, you're creating content and creating opportunities for others to share their content. Mm -hmm. That's a win, win, win. That's dope. Okay, so the other part was, what do you see for Underground Violet Rave? What's coming up? You guys have any events coming up? Uh, what do y'all got going on this year with the community? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I mentioned, specifically with the UVR, we've thrown four events so far in the span of five months. We've done Brooklyn. Uh, we've done a Virginia after that a month later uh, because we wanted to prove we can hold this underground Violet Rave event without being tied to a big conference or anything to, you know, lay on their shoulders for people to come because we did the first one during NFT NYC. Uh, but, you know, we learned, right? And we did Virginia a month after that. We did Cincinnati a month after that. And then we just finished it off with our biggest one in Miami during Art Basel, uh, which was super, super beautiful. And now we're actually uh, headed towards uh, Denver to do our fifth ever rave. And it's crazy, right? Because someone actually like talked to me and they're like, 
damn, so you're basically doing like a mini tour and I didn't even really put it like that, right? I didn't even think about it like that. I was just doing these events and activating it. Why? And it's because we could, you know what I'm saying? Like, because we literally can after we never thought we could, you know, we never thought we can organize an event. We always thought we honestly, every single thing that came out of my mouth when it came to doing big things were excuses. Right. And I never really realized that until I actually started putting action into play and, you know, putting action into play and idealizing, right, are two completely different things. And I realized that when I actually started to do the second option, right? So, you know, coming up, we have our event in Denver, which I'm super, super excited about. We already have 800 RSVPs without even announcing the flyer yet. So we're hoping it's going to be lit. We're hoping it's going to be bigger than the event in Miami. When it comes to the digital community, right, we've been doing daily uh, Twitter spaces, basically the Twitter space that I mentioned before, every single weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern time for the past eight months, which is really, really absurd. And I never really, uh, you know, put it into numbers. But now looking back, I'm like, man, it's really been that long. And a lot of people tell me, like, how do you do these Twitter spaces every single day? Like, don't you get tired? Like, how is this possible? And the easiest response to that is that because I actually enjoy doing them, right? And I feel like a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people, not only in this Web3 space, but whatever industry you're in, whether it's art, painting, whatever, they always look to the person to their left and right and try imitating what they're doing because they see success in someone and they feel like imitating their exact path is going to get them the success that they want. But at the end of the day, that's not the case at all. And honestly, you're going to hurt yourself more than actually do good because you have to find what you actually enjoy doing and then double down on that, right? A lot of people don't like hosting Twitter spaces and talking in social audio, but they force themselves to like, you know, do that because they see other people be successful, you know, and that's never going to work. And even if it does work, it's not sustainable because you don't actually enjoy doing it, right? So for the Twitter spaces, I'm going to, of course, continue doing them um, with the main, main, main purpose of providing value to people, right? And that's the only thing I care about. Uh, because I know that even if it doesn't come back to me right now, it's going to come back tenfold, whether it's a year from now, five years from now, or 10 years from now. And I think that's the way to do it. Um, and I say that, you know, I could be completely wrong. I say that about everything I say, but just off of my personal experience, I've, you know, had more opportunities open up for me. I've made more relationships, more connections in this past year than the past, honestly, five, 10 years that I've been just on this internet world. And the only thing that I kind of shifted in my mindset is instead of thinking about what am I getting out of this, what are they getting out of this, right? When I put out a tweet, am I doing it for numbers or engagement or am I, if I, or am I, or am I doing it for the people actually consuming the content and if they're going to get help from it? And right when I switched my mindset into that, I took that into the Twitter spaces, things started to actually happen. So, you know, moving forward, we're going to do more raves. Uh, Denver, we're going to do Toronto this year, Atlanta, uh, probably New York again. Uh, we want to go to Europe, but that's, you know, later down the line. Um, and then continue doing these Twitter spaces every single weekday, grow that digital community, um, just bring more people value. And then of course, all in all, uh, just keep making dope music, right? Because that's all that, you know, matters at the end of the day, uh, dope art. So, yeah. Absolutely. So you talked about a lot of things there, man, and I'm really excited for everything that you have coming you've actually invited me to be an artist exhibiting with you at ETH Denver at the event. So I love that you're incorporating musicians. You got visual art. There's many different aspects. You got live performance happening, many different aspects of creativity and community that you've pulled together to make really dope events happen time and time again. And the next one's coming up and I get to be a part of it and uh, oh, show, yeah. show some work. So I'm really grateful uh, for you and grateful and excited for the community 
for pulling this whole thing together and being consistent, man. Cause I think that's one of the most challenging things for any community leader, community, or maybe even just creative and entrepreneur to do is do the same things long enough consistently, even if you don't see results immediately, mm -hmm. but having that faith, understanding delayed gratification. Another thing you talked about was just the habit, the habit forming of doing something every day. How do you do this every day? Well, you love it. How can we learn to create habits that we love? Fall in love with our responsibilities. Mm -hmm. This is a, a constant practice and something that I talk about with all kinds of people is how do we make doing better easier? How do we make being better easier so that life gets easier and we get better and better every day in every way consistently, mm -hmm. you know? And building habits that we love is one of those ways. We all do certain things every day. I drink tea every day. I love the tea. I enjoy the tea. It makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's quenched my thirst. It's healthy. This is ashwagandha tea with a little bit of mm. tulsi. Yeah. Okay. Going crazy. Herbal vibes. Yeah. I was just going to ask you what tea is that too. That sounds exotic. <laughs> it's on a level. It's, it's multiple, mm. multiple herbs in here. You know, a couple of jasmine green too. And this, I'm a tea Hell connoisseur, yeah. by the way. We can get into that. We may have a tea line coming out later connected Ooh. to like an NFT project or something. NFT. Okay. Oh. Saying too much. I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> but look, man, um, I'm I'm really curious about the the idea of forming habits and where you are now because clearly you've developed a lot. You you've just spoken to so much about responsibility and being a good entrepreneur, a good business person. You know, a lot of what you're talking about and understanding that making art has to have aspects of business involved with it if we want to be sustainable you know mm -hmm. you talked about sustainability we want to do things consistently and sustain if it has to be aspects of business and art doing some things that we love with a little bit of structure and learning to love and appreciate the structure and the organization you know um what what are some things that you have done specifically uh this year that you think are going to transform the future of underground violet rave. You talked about the daily, the daily spaces, but what are some other things that you do maybe on a more personal level, uh, mm -hmm. just in your personal life? Is it meditation? You work out like, or what you, you consistently make beats for five hours a day. I don't know. What, what are some things that you do to just keep your, keep your personal cup filled and make sure yeah. your creativity stays lit too. So the, the business is not just all business, but it's lit because you're, you're, yeah. You're nurturing and honoring your creative. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll tap on two aspects of that, right? Because I think it's very, very important. You know, what am I doing right now to, to really propel the underground Violet Rave in the future? Um, I'll touch on it from a community standpoint and then a personal standpoint, right? Because I think both are equally important. For the community standpoint, I think it's very, very important not to compare yourself to other things. And I think a lot of people, when they're building communities, right? Um, and I think this is just human nature and we have to fight, you know, fight ourselves out of this. They look to their left and right, like I mentioned before, and they compare themselves to other communities. And they're like, man, why does my community not have 100 people? And once it has 100 people, why does it not have 200 people? Right. And people always um, and I always say that comparison is a killer of all happiness. Right. Because the more you're looking outwards at what you don't have, you're not looking at what you do have. And if you're not grateful for what you do have, even that is going to go away. Right. So what I'm doing every day from a day to day basis is staying as close to the ground as possible. Right. Um, and I know I'm not super, super big yet. Right. But it's like even to the level that, you know, I'm at right now, I think it's very important to talk to your community every day. Right. Help people out, get on phone conversations with people and never have um, never not have enough time for the people that came to support you 
day ones, right? And I think I've done um a relatively good job at that. You know, I've gotten on the call with almost every single person that shows up to my Twitter spaces, whether it's to help them with their drop, how, you know, even just talk about life with them right for an hour and understand their perspectives as humans and actually make that personable connection because that's going to go a long, long way. And a lot of people don't do that because they think it's a waste of time. They think that they could be doing better things to actually build their community. But what better way to build a community than actually understand, you know, what motivates the community, you know, who the people are in your community. So, man, you know, this past year, especially in the beginning stages of growing this brand, I've spent countless amounts of hours, you know, hundreds of hours every single week, just talking to people, you know what I'm saying? Just literally talking to people in the community, seeing how I can help them in the midst of our conversations. You know, you need your mix, your song mixing mastered. I'll do that. You need me to co-host a Twitter space. I'll do that. You know, you need connection to this person. I got you. Right. And it's really, really been helpful. And I think I'm going to see, you know, the, the benefits from that five years down the line when, when these opportunities come back. And if they don't, I'm completely fine with that too. Right. Because giving without expecting is, is just as important. Um, when it comes to the personal side on what I'm doing right now to sustain myself, I think um, I'm in a zone right now, man. I'm I'm in a very, very particular zone. And I know a lot of people, especially in the Web3 space, right? They they preach, you know, rest and, you know, how, why it's important for your mental health. And I completely agree with that, which is why my next thing may be a little uh, a, a hot take. But man, right now I'm just in a in a zone of like, I'm in my tunnel of like nothing outside is affecting me. I'm just doing my things, doing my things. And there's no time to rest, right? There's no time for anything, right? And it's like, people could preach that, like you could do that, but it's like, man, if, if you want to be on the top 1% of whatever your field is, right? Whether it's music, art, like NBA, right? Like there is a certain level of work that needs to be put in, in order to be, you know, in that category. And it's like the people that are in that space, right? We hear this from them all the times in interviews. They didn't get there by accident. They got there through sacrifice and countless amounts of hard work. And even in this Web3 space, I've seen a lot of people come in. And because it's decentralization and because we always uh, preach this, you know, we're all going to make it and stuff, people think that's a that replaces, you know, hard work for actually chasing your dream, Right. It still takes a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work, countless of hours to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. And people think because this is a fantasy land that they can accomplish their dreams easily. But that's not the case at all. Right. So for me, I am just, you know, every single hour I'm at it, going at it. Um, this may be toxic, but taking really no time, you know, because there's no time to waste in the, in this life, really. Um, on the other side of that. Right. Because that's a very extreme perspective on the other side of that. Um, I am working out every single day, you know, and I think that's extremely, extremely important just to keep your head clear. Because if you're on that work ethic, and you're doing things every single hour, you can easily burn out, right. And I've seen so many people, so many of my friends burn out every single day, uh, because they're not taking care of their mental health, they're not looking back, you know, and analyzing uh, where their minds at, right. And they're just going at it. And it just is never sustainable, right. Um, something that helped me a lot is anticipating the burnout rather than being reactionary to the burnout. Uh, a lot of people like to work very, very hard. And once they get slapped with that burnout, they slow down and it takes them like four or five days to recover. But for me, it's like, okay, let me anticipate when the burnout's going to hit and then, you know, schedule accordingly so that it never ends up hitting. And, you know, for the past couple of months, I'm grateful to say that I've never really experienced burnout because I just been taking it day by day, step by step and, and just deploying some self-awareness, which has been important. Uh, so, yeah, I like that. Self-awareness, man, super important. As you were talking about 
how you avoid burnout and how you you've created a smooth way of working i was thinking that you know yourself you've gotten to a point where you know yourself and also you know what you want mm -hmm. how many people out there don't have those two things self-awareness or a desire yeah some people have self-awareness but that desire is a key piece because mm -hmm. that desire will have you doing things that may go against your your natural comfort or your natural self-awareness but it's pushing you to create more Maybe work a couple extra hours, wake up a little bit early and write a couple more proposals, send a couple more emails, connect with some more people on LinkedIn, make a couple extra videos for YouTube. Why not? But then there's also a limit that that we have because we have a limited number of hours in the day. We have a lot of tasks to do and energy is limited. So understanding how to recharge, how to reset, how to eat right, how to sleep well, how to drink a lot of water and herbal teas. Mm -hmm. Look out for the mm -hmm. Bijan Machin T's coming soon. Hell yeah. Yeah, uh, to a mug near you. Okay. I'm really excited about you just coming through with all this. This is not just art applicable. This is life applicable. This is something that everybody needs to touch on. It's finding a balance that works for you. Knowing yourself enough to know how hard you need to push yourself to get what you want. How far out of your comfort zone can you push yourself while still knowing when you need to take rest, take breaks? And that also brings me to another point that is something that I've learned through the years of I've got as I've gotten older is making sure I'm well studied, have great mentors. They always say go to war with a multitude of counselors. That means whenever you're doing something, ask people for help, ask people that have had similar experiences and get counsel so we can skip steps and move forward faster. So mm -hmm. seeking mentorship but also making sure that what I am moving and working toward is what I really want, knowing what I want, understanding and having depth of vision, a really big, deep vision, understanding delayed gratification and things we've been talking about. And also making sure that I'm working smart. There's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of people just doing busy work, but it's not creating results. Mm -mm. So what does it mean to be productive versus busy? Yep. And, and making sure I'm taking inventory of the actions that I'm doing, understanding that these have to produce a certain outcome for me to be making progress. Exactly. And make sure I'm checking up on that every day while also checking in with my health. I got to go outside and let the sun hit my face for a little bit on my mm -hmm. forehead, you mm -hmm. know, get that metal, that melanin cracking. Mm -hmm. um, this, these are all important things. So, you know, it's important to keep that balance and make sure that we focus. But that's another reason I love community, man. Because we talk about these things on the Twitter spaces. We talk about these things with other creators, people who are in a similar position as us. And it reminds us to take care of ourselves. We'll also keep turning up. It's like you get that little, you get that little inspiration because there's no competition. But also, I want to make sure I'm keeping up, yeah. right? I want to make sure I'm keeping up and also make sure I'm maintaining leadership and pr providing some addition to the culture, providing something that can add to the conversation of this art and web three situation. Again, creating versus consuming. I love it. Creating it's, versus. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of things that you said are very, very beautiful. Um, you know, one of the things is 
a lot of people have desires that are not their own, right? A lot of people have desires that they've subconsciously taken from other people. And then, you know, when they're working towards it two years down the line, they're going to realize that they're unhappy because they're not actually doing what they want. And I say this because I was a victim to it, right? Even in this Web3 space, I remember like a couple months ago, um, everyone after NFT NYC was talking about like building platforms or building products, right? Like, you know, getting devs together and building tools for artists. And I thought like, man, this is so cool. Like I need to build the best tool first, right? Like before everyone else, I need to buy, you know, I'm very, I'm a very competitive person as well, but it's like, I need to build a tool and I need to get this together. And I was causing myself a lot of anxiety, right? I'm just like, man, like I'm, you know, stressing myself over something that I genuinely don't even want to do, but because everyone else around me wants to do it, it kind of messed with my vision and what I, you know, want for myself. And I, you know, basically thought that I wanted that as well. But in reality, I don't. I want to blow up as a musician. I don't want to be a developer and build tools. Um, and it's getting my priorities straight. Um, and once you get your priorities straight, you write them down. What do you see for yourself five years down the line? Then nothing else can bother you, right? Because that's different for every single person. Every single person has their own path. And the more confident you are on your own path, the less you're going to compare yourself, the less you're going to be envious of other people, um, and the happier you're going to be, right? And that's all that matters. Um, the second thing that you said about working smarter rather than harder is very, very scary, but also the most important thing ever, right? Um, and a lot of people preach consistency and consistency is the biggest thing ever, but also consistency with a hint of self-awareness and analysis, right? You don't want to do something consistently for a whole year and it's not yielding any results or it's not growing, then what are you really doing, right? There's a fine line between being patient um, and the outcomes coming and the delayed gratification and not being able to actually adapt for something that's just not working, right? And I think those two things, once you've really identified that fine line, you're going to be able to move a lot you know, smarter. And I think that's what I'm trying to do of 2023. Um, it's scary to realize that you can work literally 18 hours every single day, 365 days, um, and someone else can do the same thing and they can end up in a way better spot than you because uh, they're intentional about the things that they're doing and the actions they're taking. And that's what I'm trying to learn for 2023. And I hope a lot more people are are just moving more intentionally. I love that. Do you do anything like journaling or brainstorming or planning? What kind of organization goes into being a leader, having a community and just having a living a life that you're proud of? I know for me, I, I do a little bit of journaling in the morning and I have a, a routine in the evening before I go to bed. And when I get up in the morning that I understand when I do it, I have more successful days than when I don't do it. So uh, but what about you? You anything Dude, like that? It's it's actually funny. There's two things that I've always wanted to get into my entire life and I've tried multiple times and I never could. Uh, one is journaling and the second is reading. Just not for me. I just can't. You know what I'm saying? I've always thought people who journal and people who read are so dope. And I always thought it was such a dope thing to do. And I've always wanted to do it my entire life. But I just realized like my just brain type, like it just, that's just not the way that works for me. Right. But there are other ways. Right. And it's crazy when it comes to organization. I never used my calendar before this Web3 space. I've never used my calendar. Right. And now it's like, I cannot go a day without my calendar. Like that is the holy grail right there. On Saturday, Sunday, schedule everything out from calls to Twitter spaces to interviews to making music, even scheduling that in my calendar. And it's like, man, it has helped me stay so organized. It's insane, right? And especially when you're doing so many things, you can just have it on your calendar. So it's simple, right? When it comes to brainstorming, that has been a huge thing for me. Um, 
Web3 has also allowed me to make connections to be have the context to brainstorm with other people because I never really had like an actual brainstorming session, right? I never understood what it meant to sit down with someone else, shoot ideas back and forth, and new ideas form out of that. I never did that before until literally last year, right? And when I had my first brainstorming session with my friend 20, I'm like, yo, so many ideas are coming out of this. This is wonderful. The Notes app on my iPhone is probably one of my favorite apps of all time. And what I do is... <laughs> It's amazing, bro. And it's like what I do, and I can kind of use my major project that I'm working on right now as an example for this um, to give people a kind of glimpse of how I brainstorm. It's kind of unusual, but screw it. I'm going to say it anyways. What I usually do is this happens almost every night. At this point, every night, um, I go to sleep. Like say I'm tired, whatever. It's 1 a.m. I need to go to bed. I shut everything off. I close my eyes. And I have this note app, right? That says major project. And it's just a bunch of ideas with my with, about my major project and stuff. I close my phone. I lay my eyes and I just think about that notes app. And I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking like about just aspects of it. I'm just thinking. And then an idea comes to my head. I open my eyes. I open up my phone, jot it down in the notes app, turn it back off. And I literally repeat that process until I finally fall asleep. And I just been doing that literally every single night, not only with my major project, but about everything, right? When it comes to the shows that I'm curating about cool things we can add to my in real life event, like anything I wanna brainstorm, new music that I can make, literally just circulating through my head while I'm going to sleep. And the reason I do that, right? And the reason I don't go watch a show and then have that put myself to bed or anything is because I'm a big believer that, you know, manifestation is, is, a, is, a, is a true thing, right? And I feel like, if someone is, if you're randomly walking the street and someone comes up to you and says, yo, Jaden, what are you thinking about right now? And if 80% of the time it's not your dream, you're messing up. You know what I'm trying to say? I just think that to manifest, you need to have these thoughts circulate in your head on a constant basis. You need to really live it. And then whatever you're actually living and believing, that's what's going to become a reality. And I'm trying to practice practice that every day. So that form of brainstorming is just like a hint for that. Man, I love that. I love that practice. That's the best way to fall asleep, <laughs> writing ideas down, because mm -hmm. you're going to sleep and those solutions are going to be created mm -hmm. to make those things happen. Those doors are going to be open. Those bridges are going to be built. While you're sleeping, God's working on the other people in the world to make these things happen because you have shown that you're willing to focus more of your energy and attention on it than somebody who might want it less than you mm -hmm. and might be able to do less once they are blessed with the gifts. Because mm. we got to be good stewards of our gifts. Mm -hmm. And that's why people say put in work, put in work. It's really to prove to the universe, to God, to ourselves, to the energy, the essence that makes all things happen, that makes the grass grow. It's really to prove to that that we're going to be good stewards of the blessings that are bestowed upon us and that we're willing to do what it takes to receive these things. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. That's my take on it. So 100%. choosing to organize, choosing to do a little bit extra, choosing to think smarter, choosing to make wise connections shows that you're going to do the things necessary to preserve this fruit, this blessing, this opportunity and maximize it more abundantly. Mm -hmm. That's the definition of abundance, man. <laughs> That's an Amazing. abundance alert, as I like to say. Mm. yeah man i love it okay so let's let's transition a little bit we talk a lot of web through we talk a lot of mindset we talk a lot of habits we talk about business i want to talk about your music let's get I, it <laughs> all right so of course as a musician i know you've always loved music every musician's always loved music when did you go from a time where you said all right i love music so much 
that I'm going to make music and I'm going to figure out how to use this program, whatever it is, Fruity Loops, FL Studio, Logic, Reason, whatever you use in Ableton, I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to make my own music. Tell me about that, about that point in your life and that decision and then how we get to where we are today with the music. It's really crazy because, you know, I was never one of those people who were always listening to music. You know what I'm saying? Really? I was I, I was always listening to music. Actually, before I was making music, I was like, I was dancing, right? So uh, Michael Jackson is one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, middle school, uh, elementary school, like all, all of my school years leading up to like half of high school, I was in dance. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I wasn't making music all of this time. Like I was listening to music, but it was very passively. I wasn't actively listening to music, like really, really listening and connecting with the artist. You know what I mean? It wasn't until like, man, it was very, very late. It was like 2015, I would say for me, uh, where I really got into music and I'm like, okay, this is really, really cool. I'm actually looking, you know, listening to what, what these artists have to say. And I'm very, this is like one of my biggest regrets of my life. Like all of like the OG album, like Graduation by Kanye and like all of these OG albums, right? Like I never came up listening to them. Of course they were playing from time to time, but I wasn't actively knowing these albums and listening to them while they were being made. I'm coming from like a, a perspective where I went, I had to go back and listen to all of this history. You know what I'm saying? And seeing how it impacted culture and how it impacted everything. But nonetheless, I think it's it, it still plays a role in my journey. Um, and what age what age was that when you when you started like diving back into the crates? Um, like 2015, it was probably like seven. So I was like uh two, I was probably like six, six, fifteen, sixteen. Okay. Sixteen around. But as you started discovering new music, discovering classics. Like what happened to get you to the point where you said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my own. It's, it's wild, man. It was really, really wild because I never thought it was possible. I never, never thought that was possible. Right. Like I listened to these songs and Justin Bieber is another one of my favorite artists. My favorite artists are Michael Jackson, Justin Bieber and Travis Scott. The Those are my top three. Right. That's a vibe. And That's it's a, nice a vibe. Top three. Right? I like that. Yeah. That's a very diverse <laughs> top three. That's well-rounded. Hey, appreciate it, man. And it's like, I, I remember like listening to Justin Bieber all the time during his purpose tour. And I think back then I still wasn't thinking about making music, but I remember listening to his songs and I'm like, this is impossible to make. You know what I'm saying? Like, and how do people make a song? You know what I mean? Like that is just like, I just can't even think about that. Right. It wasn't until, and this is a very weird example, but it was post post Malone's album. Uh, I think it was called like beer bongs and Bentley's. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening to this and I don't know what it was about that album. I don't listen to Post Malone anymore, but that specific album during the period of time that I was in my life, um, I got into music very, very generic, you know, like every other artist because of a heartbreak. Um, I, you know, felt a heartbreak early on in the in the early years of high school. And that's the time that this album came out. And I'm like, man, I'm listening to this album and I really, really resonate with it. Like I can feel the emotions that he's putting into these tracks and I can see how similar they are to the emotions that I'm feeling on my chest. Right. And I'm like, the ability to really connect just through sounds is absurd. It's absurd to me. Right. And at that period of my life, right, I was experiencing a bunch of new things, like one of my first like major heartbreaks and stuff. Um, I genuinely believe that a lot of people are uh, sad, right? Or like, quote unquote, depressed because they don't have a creative outlet, right? They can't take these feelings off of their chest and put it into an art form. And for me, I didn't understand how to do that until I'm like, 
you know what? Maybe I should try making something like this. Like maybe I maybe I should. I never think I never thought it was possible, but let me try getting into it, right? So I downloaded my first program, FL Studio, uh, the best DAW there is out there, in my opinion, and I still use it to this day. And I'm like, okay, let me start producing, right? And immediately, right when I started producing, it was as if like, man, these feelings could lift off of my chest and literally get transferred into my laptop. That's why people say music is magic because it literally feels like magic when you make it, right? You're able to tempor temporarily not feel these feelings and put them into sounds, right? And it was very therapeutic for me, right? And immediately right then, that's when I fell in love with the creation of music. Um, and I'm like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is it. And it was a very transi transitionary period of my life because... As I mentioned before, I was trying very hard in high school. I was trying to get into the best business school. I was trying to get these scholarships. I ended up getting rejected from every single business school that I applied to except for Rutgers, which was the lowest on my tier. Um, and I'm like, man, why am I doing this, right? Like, why am I even doing this? And then, you know, I started to make music slowly while still pursuing my, you know, degree. I was in one of these business classes and the professor was like, how many of you in here, right, want to get an internship in the next year everyone's hand went up how many of you you know want to get a job after working at that internship two years down the line everyone's hand you know went up and immediately right then and there i i do believe that uh the idea of success needs to be changed from money to happiness but that's a whole other conversation right then and there i'm like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this you know I, I i can't see myself you know getting an internship um, working at that company for three, four years, getting a job, they're working there for another five years. It just seems like a very depressing life. Not because I don't think I can do it because like I mentioned before, I think anyone can do things that they apply themselves towards, but because that's just not where I see my life going. Um, and after that, you know, I started to continue making music. I fell in love with making music more and I fell more out of love. And I don't even want to say out of love because I was never in love with it to begin with. I, I, I fell out of the trance that I was in thinking that I had to do that thing and, and join that system. Right. And I ended up dropping out and I just went full time making music and I've never looked back and I'm very, very grateful for it. I'm very, very grateful for it because I don't want to live a life in regret. I don't want to be 40 years old and then end up resenting my parents because I listened to them and did what they want me to do. Right. I want to be happy that I'm doing something that makes me happy. And I genuinely believe that I can make something out of it. Um, and that's why we're, we're here. So. I love that, man. That's such an inspiration to any other creatives out there or anybody that's in any field that might want to do something that you don't necessarily have a ton of support for at home. You weren't guided on that path. I can relate to you, Jaden. I was guided down a traditional path, go to school. And I did that. I went to school, got my master's degree and all that. And then after realized that I needed to do something different was well, actually after undergrad, because I went to get my master's degree for art. So that was mm. part of me making the decision because also I was in an old way of thinking that it had to be some kind of institution involved for me to be successful. So I said, I'm going to go get my master's degree so I can be a teacher. But even, even with that, I reach more people online than I do teaching mm -hmm. classes. You know, I taught a class at USC and there was like maybe 20, 30 kids in there. That was great. They, they, they had a great class. But if I focus on taking an entrepreneurial perspective to teaching, I can reach millions of people with my teachings and, and courses and things like that. So it's just taking a different perspective and mindset to what our parents or grandparents or elders and coaches may know or what it may have been used to because we're living in a new day and age. Yep. You know, we, we have more at our fingertips and it goes back to working smarter and, and just being more efficient. And you can do both. Like I, I can go get a job right now as a professor and still teach online and stuff. But 
which one am I going to give more attention and focus to? Because they both take mm -hmm. energy and time. So I like exactly. that you 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 chose who you wanted to be. You said, I am a musician and I want to focus on this. And if I'm doing anything, it has to be in this field, in this industry. But this is it. I just want to make music. So once you made that decision, things probably opened up for you. A whole new world opened up. Opportunities start flowing. You probably feel better about yourself waking up in the morning and you feel like you have more alignment with your goals because they're yours, right? Mm -hmm. What are... What are some things that you do when it comes to the conversation about money now that we've decided on passion? Because it's not all about money, but then there's a reality we have to face. And I want to get your take on this because I have mm -hmm. many ways that I've faced my realities of being an artist and maintaining a thriving lifestyle. But I'm curious as to what you do when you want to make art, but the art that you're making may not necessarily be making in that moment the money you need to sustain your lifestyle. What do you do in those moments and how do you structure your life to sustainably be a dedicated artist? It's a it's a very, very difficult thing, right? And I feel like this is a difficult thing for every single artist, right? And I was actually just watching a video about this before, you know, because um it's a it's a fine line between being patient and then with actually being smart with what you're doing, right? And then of course being in an Indian household with, you know, immigrant parents. They're like, okay, it's cool. You know, I kind of force them into accepting that, okay, he's just going to follow his dream at this point. There's no turning back, right? Um, but there's this other thing where it's like, okay, you're doing these Twitter shows every single day. You're giving these people so much of your time, but are you making any money from it? Are you making any money from it? And it's very, very difficult, right? Especially as an aspiring independent artist to think about money, right? Because you don't want to sacrifice your value prop or your community to make that money, right? But in the back of the, you know, in the back of your head, you're still always thinking about, you know, I need to make a living. I need to pay for rent. I need to do all of these things. Um, and if I'm not doing that with my music, like what's what what are we really doing? Right. So I think, you know, the solution to that is a lot of artists don't like to think about the business of things because it scares them. Um, and they don't want to do that, right? They want to say that it's all about the art and it's a hundred percent the art. And, you know, I don't need to learn these things about, you know, how to, you know, make my brand, um, you know, how to build my brand, how to sustain my brand. And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? If you want to make art and you just want to be happy with making art, uh, do that, right? Get a job, make art, you know, that's kumbaya, everything's good, right? But I think if you really want to make it in your career as an artist, you need to unlock this whole other side of this thing, uh, which is the entrepreneurship of it. Um, so I know I talked down on the business school and college and all that, but um, I do have a second passion and that's entrepreneurship. So I'm in a very, very grateful position where it's like, okay, I have two passions. One is for music and the second is for entrepreneurship. And that's why when I got discovered to this music NFT world, I'm like, this is fucking amazing, man. This is combining my two worlds into one. I'm here for it, you know? Um, so, you know, I'm in this position right now where I'm not making a ton of money uh, from my music. Honestly, I'm not even making um, enough uh, money from my art to sustain myself, you know, living wise, right? Which is a very, very difficult thing to say. But um, it's about, I think, also being patient, right? When it comes to things, not taking the quick bag because it can sacrifice what is truly, truly 
um, uh, available for your potential. And, you know, that's the thing that I'm living through every single day. And I, I'm not going to say what's the right way to go about things because, you know, I'm still here on the ground working every single day. You know, I'm not coming from a perspective that has like, you know, a bunch of houses off of my art. It's like I'm still working towards that. I'm still in the depths, um, in the deep end. And um, all I can do right now is hope that consistent efforts are going to uh, work out right and that my patience and the value prop and everything will align right and that I just have to be confident in my abilities that that I'll make the right place to make things happen man I love that I love what you said I love the just the level of accountability you take with yourself your art your practice and where you're at I can't wait for us to do another podcast interview when you're like 10 times platinum and we just go back <laughs> and we're gonna play this clip and like play it and then we'll do the new podcast and just we'll be we'll be at your place your new place yeah. <laughs> it's manifestation happen, sure. season baby oh oh you already know this podcast is for manifestation this is a mark in history and Jaden got it popping now but he's just getting started wait till you see everything that's coming and if you haven't listened to Jaden Violet's music make sure you do and it's spelled just so you know j-a-d-y-n violet v-i-o-l-e-t okay type that in your dsps type it in your google follow him add him Buy all of his songs and make sure you follow him on Twitter and all the platforms. We're going to we're going to get into more, though. We're not done yet. Almost, but not yet. I want to talk to about when it comes to just you talked about focusing on music. When it comes to you doing your music at a high level and, and consistently honing your craft, um, what are some things that you do? And we can get as technical as you want, like. It could be watching YouTube videos or working with other artists. What are some things that you do to keep getting better as a musician and making sure that you're you're using your tools to the best of their ability and also you're creatively uh, exploring and trying different things? What are some things you do maybe on a technical side with your music to just keep improving and keep making it better? And what do you maybe what are you working with right now? Any new plugins, any new tools, any new things that you're doing with your EQ mm -hmm. to get a, a certain sound? Is there an album coming out? Like I want to get into that stuff. So. Hell yeah, man. Um, when COVID happened, right, we were in lockdown for two years. It was a very good thing for a lot of people. Honestly, a lot of people discovered their passions because of that. A lot of people discovered and had revelations about their life dreams, about the paths that they're going down their lives. And it was really good for a lot of people, right? For me, it sort of did the opposite effect. Um, I was really gaining a lot of inspiration when it comes to my music before the pandemic, right? I was experiencing a lot of things for the first time. I was going out, I was meeting people, um, all these new experiences. And I was putting all of that into my music. And it was a really, really beautiful thing. Right when the pandemic hit, man, it was all gone. It was all gone. And I was in my room for the next two years. And it was a very difficult thing when it came to my creativity, because I'm like, where am I deriving these experiences from now that I'm not experiencing anything, right? I'm just in my room. How can I really push myself out there, you know, so that I can actually take these feelings and put them into my DAW in my FL studio to make these, uh, you know, songs that I resonate with, right? And, you know, when the pandemic, you know, I, I say all that to say that experiences is a big thing when it comes to pushing me myself cr creatively, right? And I feel like right now I'm at a point where I'm finally starting to recover from that because it's just a idea of me going out there, you know, me going to different things in my life, right? Uh, going to events, you know, going to things that I'm fearful of and experiencing things, right? To push myself musically. Um, so that's one side of things. When it comes to the technicalities, I think um, it's about just pushing yourself, right? It's about just working hard. Um, 
you can always take another step, right? And I think that's very, very important. You know, you can be making music, uh, you know, from 10 p.m. all the way to 2 a.m. and you can be super, super tired. But the deciding factor of your success is going to be that question you ask yourself of, can I do 10 more minutes? Can I do 30 more minutes? Can I lay down one more verse? And usually every single time, if you ask yourself that, 95% of the time, the answer is yes. You always can take one more step, right? And this past year has really just been um, this entire book of me taking that one more step. And then once you take that step, you usually can take another step. You know what I'm saying? And after that, you just keep going. And I think that's how you really push your limits. Um, that's how you open up new bubbles within your mind creatively, right? That's when you start to tap into different parts of your brain that you never thought you could tap into. And that's really what I've been trying to put on a pedestal when it comes to the creation of my art. Um, you know, making music for five hours and then being like, okay, I'm tired. I, I need to go to sleep. But can I just do 10 more minutes? And that 10 minutes usually ends up into another hour, right? Hey, and, let's go. you know, I love that. You just you just keep going, right? You just keep going. Um. So yeah, that's been definitely uh just the just the the theme. Past past sets couple and of reps, sets and reps, sets and reps. Just like we mm -hmm. in the gym, man. Sets Every and day. reps, and when you're loving it, it you you can lose track of time. Mm -hmm. I can think of times I've been making beats and forgot to drink water. Like had yeah. had just drank my whole pitcher of tea, and like for forgot to drink water for a couple hours and i'm like my why is yes. my throat it's like everything's perfect until i just realized my throat is the driest it's been i'm like what's up mm -hmm. my lips all chapped i'm like man i haven't been drinking water in hours like when's the last time i ate food i don't know i've been making music i've been painting i've been making art who cares mm -hmm. right so I think, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, bro. just just like you talking about it is like, man. After this is done, I'm about to make so much. I'm about to make music. It's about to be lit. Like, and it's it's like I love it, bro. Like, I it's it's the grind, but it's different when the grind is your passion. You know what I'm saying? And that's when you really, really work hard on it. You know what I mean? And it's like. It's it's a it's a whole beast, bro. This is a whole beast. People think it's easy. It's not, bro. It's like you go from a nine to five to a twenty four seven. You know, there's no rest in this, right? And if you do take rest, you're only hurting yourself, right? Because there's no CEO, there's no boss, there's no business partner, there's nothing. It's only you. And if you are taking time off, no one's gonna make things happen for yourself other than you, right? And that was a really hard pill for me to swallow, right? I always thought that. And everyone thinks this, like I'm destined for greatness, right? I'm special, right? Something will happen to me. Some person will find me. Some opportunity will come my way. Nothing's happening. Nothing's coming. You know what I'm saying? And millions of people thought that exact same way. And then they ended up being 55 with their kids, asking them if they, they accomplished their dreams. And they had to look down at their son and daughter and say no, because they were waiting for something to happen, right? Without actually doing things and making things happen for yourself, putting in those extra reps. Um, it's all important. It's all important. But yeah. Man, you hit home right there. I just felt a spiritual awakening in my chest as you were speaking. <laughs> you start talking about those generational habits and those generational ideas around creativity and prosperity and trading time for money and how work actually works and the dreams, man. I have people in my family who are in the similar situation you just mentioned, older even, and have said, I don't even know what my dream is. I don't even know what my purpose is. I've just been living to 
survive doing what I was told was a good job or a good life and then taking care of kids. And then after that, surviving again. And I'm like, that can never be me. And that's what caused yeah. me to leave the corporate world. I used to work in corporate America, had great jobs, work with great people, learned a lot of great things, but it wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I knew I had something more to offer and I was willing to risk anything and everything to at least try to see if my dream could become true. And now I can say I'm living the dream that I wrote when I was in corporate and going to work and sick to my stomach, trying to figure out what I wanted to do before I actually moved to Cali and got my MFA and like started being an artist. The stuff that I was writing, my life right now is is what I wrote. Like I'm looking at the Pacific Ocean right here out my window. Um, I wrote that down. I have complete oh, yeah. lifestyle freedom. I have my own company, the We Uplift the World Foundation, where we teach young kids who want to be artists. Uh, we help get them paid for their creative content and for their creative ability. So we show them that they can get paid for making videos and stuff like that and partner with companies to sponsor those. And that was a dream I wrote before I founded the company, before I went and started my company like you just did. I wrote it down, what I wanted Crazy. the company to be doing. Um, in November, my company just got back from Lagos, Nigeria, working with students there. So now Crazy. we're a global company, which is another thing that I wrote. We're, we're global. Um, we've, we've done art projects in Marrakesh, Morocco and, and Germany and different places. So, But it started when I was literally up every night. I was DJing. This was before I decided to make music. That was a whole nother manifestation and jumping into my jumping into my real dreams. Cause similar to you, that's that's my number one thing. I believe music is the best way to reach people. And I've gotten into these different business ventures through the love of music, even paintings. I've had more success selling paintings than I have selling my music, but I love my music the most. Like music is the most important thing to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the the business things have done better than that, even. But again. What I love the most and what I what I would like to have the most successful is the music. <laughs> and I think there's and I'm glad that we're talking about this because there's something we have to answer to in ourselves. When we know that what we are doing is not the thing we want to do the most, but it may be the thing where the opportunity is now or there's the most comfort or we may feel like we have the most knowledge or credentials or background to support. That's a belief from the old system, I think. Now, it doesn't yep. mean it can't work. You can still make money and get, and get it going. But what happens when you decide to go all in on that thing that you really want? Because a lot of what the things if? that I've done have been have have been to supplement me being able to hop on Logic and make whatever kind of music I make. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing I've learned and something I want to share with everybody that is a good idea if you want to make any kind of art and have time to focus on it, Go all in on learning how to be a real estate investor and purchase commercial property. You yep. could get one apartment building that'll pay you five, ten thousand dollars a month cash flow for the rest of your life. And guess what? You can build a studio in one of those units. So now you got a free studio. Mm -hmm. Now you don't got to pay for studio space, rent, or your basic living expenses. If you can figure that out, the real estate, you're going to provide beautiful housing for people and create freedom for yourself to go and do other businesses. That's my advice. Uh, that's what I've learned to do, but I wish I'd have done that 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Just went all in, got a real estate mentor or a course that was actually doing it. Only pay for mentors or courses where they got results and they're willing to get on the phone with you and help you out. Thanks. But you might have to pay for something. Get as much as you can for free, pay a great mentor and get in the game. Get yourself some commercial property and create from a place of freedom and ownership instead of paying rent every month to somebody else who's doing that. And while they're on vacation, you're stressing to pay your rent. 
That's the advice I want to make sure everybody gets. And I'm going to probably say that on almost every podcast. Um, but 100%. you got to you, you got to find that place where you're going all in on what you want and doing whatever it takes to supplement that. But I know the real rewards come when you go all in. So this is encouraging me just talking to you because you're going all in and you're creating other assets around your passion so that everything you're doing is connected to your music. Any business you do, any contract you take, any consulting job you do, it's got to be connected to the music, to the thing yep. you love the most, and it will still be moving you forward there. And I'm glad that at your age, at your level of expertise, you've you've got so much experience, man, and you're acting on it, you're implementing it, and I, I'm excited to to just see what you do next, man. So thank you, man. We're coming close to the end. I want to ask you a couple more questions before we get ready to wrap it up. I could talk to you forever and I know we'll probably end up doing another podcast in the future, but um, hell yeah. I want, I want to ask you, man, real quick, what does abundance mean to you? You know, abundance, it's, it's a very, very important thing. And it's something that I didn't have, you know? Um, and I feel like anyone can have abundance, right? Because it's a mindset, right? Having an abundant mindset is, you know, what everyone should strive for because having a scarcity mindset is just not good. It just leads to a lot of unhappiness. And I, and I, and I point a lot of things back, you know, to happiness and unhappiness, right? Because I think that's the core of everything. If you're happy, then that's everything, right? That's all that matters, right? If you are happy, that's all that matters, right? And a lot of times you can get caught up in this scarcity mindset where you feel like other people winning takes away from your wins. And that's not the case at all, right? And this happens to literally every single artist I talk to, every single person building a brand, every single creative, they always think that, okay, yeah, I'm gonna help them, but oh my God, now they, they're getting so many views and they're, so many of their pieces are selling. Oh my God, this is not happening to me. Like what's wrong? And nothing's wrong. You know, nothing is wrong. And it's like a lot of people put themselves in positions of such unhappiness because they have this scarcity mindset, right? And honestly, I do that too, because I feel like as humans, we're, you know, vulnerable to these type of emotions, but we have to work very, very hard to fight out of it and have abundance, right? Have this abundant mindset to a point where you know that you're secure and that no one else can take away from your dreams. No one else can take away from your results because that's true. There's more than 7 billion people in this world, probably more than 8 billion at this point, right? And it's like, there's enough for everyone. Um, and the more abundant we think, I truly believe the more happy, happier we'll be as just a species. Um, and the more scarce we think, the more we're going to be living our day-to-day -day lives in fear. And who wants to do that? Who wants to do that, right? Uh, so it's a it's a, it's an ongoing process, right? I'm working every single day to be more abundant when it comes to all aspects of my life. Be more abundant, be more grateful, um, and be more patient. And I think those three things uh, are, are essential when it comes to building anything. And that was going to be my next question, man. You already on point. Be abundant, be grateful, like the focus level that you have, the organization, um, I was going to ask, what do you do to, to create abundance in your life? But you kind of said it, man. And the fact that you're, you're getting more focused from a place of jumping into focus, you're becoming more and more focused. And I think that really is the answer to creating massive success and bringing the opportunities for what you want to do. We can have multiple skills, but use them to create a focused opportunity that's going to give you that result. That's your number one thing and you'll get the most fulfillment and you can branch off and do stuff after that. So last thing, man, I just want to know what is a, a piece of abundant advice that you would give to any artist or creative entrepreneur that's wanted to get to a position where you are, maybe even your younger self, that 15 or 16 year old version of yourself that was discovering the music. What's some abundant advice that you would give to that young creative 
man um i definitely do have some advice i'm not sure if it's if it's if it's abundant you know uh <laughs> so that's the that's the issue what what see cuz the thing what what i what i was going to say right is that um if you're really trying to build something and be in the 1% of whatever it is you're trying to do if it's creative or whatever industry it may be in don't get into it if you're not ready to make sacrifices um and it takes a lot of time man it takes a lot a lot a lot of time and this is not some part-time thing that you can do and and don't get me wrong if you want it to be as a hobby my dad sings right and he considers that his hobby he never he's the type of person who never thinks that you can turn a hobby into a passion right but if you know if you're doing something as a hobby by all means do it but if you're trying to make a career out of your art you need to go all in you need to put all of your time into it and man it's uh it's a very very it's a very lonely path uh and you hear the the greatest of all time say this all the time it's very lonely at the top um and i'm not saying that i'm at the top but i'm just saying like pursuing something you know similar to this is very lonely man it's like all of the friends that i that i have had whatever you know in high school college like they're going to spring break trips you know they're going to uh you know summers in in mexico and like islands and they're having fun and they they're going to bars every weekend none of that you know what i'm saying none of that that's non-existent to me because right when you start to open your mind up to that that's taking time away from you pursuing your dream and that's giving other people the opportunity to work harder than you right and that that just can't happen right so you know the one piece of advice i would give to my 15 year old self or any person that's you know young and looking to get into this right or whatever you know chase their dreams it, it just be prepared you know what i'm saying to give up a lot a lot a lot of your time um it, yeah just a lot and it's just gotta it's work it's work you know what i mean a hundred percent we gotta work we gotta be willing to do whatever it takes and man i think people don't always understand what real focus means real focus is everything you got it's mm -hmm. every ounce of everything you have every last bit of energy and attention and everything and it can be a challenge but we're doing it and you're one of these people doing it you're somebody that is an example of being a hundred percent focused and dedicated creative entrepreneur and you're doing great Thank i'm you. excited that we met excited that we connected man so just so everybody knows Jaden violet has got music out on the blockchain and he also has music out on all your dsps so you can type in Jaden violet j-a-d-y-n violet like the beautiful color it's my favorite color V-I-O-L-E-T, absolutely. And that's my frat color, too. I'm Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity. So if anybody knows about that purple and gold, okay. if you know, you know. But y'all got to follow Jaden. His music is a whole vibe. A lot. Like, I'm not just saying it because he's my mans and he's here. He became my mans because I like his music and I like the art that he makes. That's what brought me in. And also, like, after getting to know him, his integrity, his mindset, He's abundant for sure, and he belongs in an abundance universe community. But make sure you tap in with everything he's got going on. He's got a, a lot of activity on Twitter. He has Twitter spaces, Underground Violet Raves going on every week. And I think it's every weekday, every week, right? Every weekday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, man. Talk about commitment. Talk about habits. Talk about being there for the people. Twitter spaces, 11 a.m. Eastern. Tap in. Follow him. Listen to the music, support the music, and come to the next Underground Violet Rave event. It's going to be at East Denver in Colorado. It's coming up. What's the dates for that? It's actually March 3rd, so it's literally like less than 20 days. coming up super soon. It's coming up soon. Everybody in Colorado, Denver, and if you're going to be out that way, make sure you tap in, get your tickets. 
and also support Jaden on the blockchain. I'm going to tell you straight up, go buy his NFTs. He makes great music and he sells them as NFTs also. So in addition to following and streaming on all your favorite streaming platforms, buy his NFTs, support his craft, support this man who has gone all in 100% on his dream so that you might be inspired to do the same. That's what we all about. It's Abundance Universe. As you know, we uplift the world and we interview the most abundant creative entrepreneurs who are doing the same. I want to thank Jaden Violet for your time today. Uh, Jaden, is there anything you want to say to the people before we sign off today? Nah, man. I, I just appreciate you uh, for this podcast. It's definitely been an energizing podcast. I'm definitely feeling motivated just after our talk. And I hope the people listening, you know, after this, if you do feel motivated, um, you don't let that motivation just simmer and dissipate. You actually take some action on it, right? Um, and yeah, I just appreciate everyone that's listened and you, man. It's been It's been beautiful. So I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Best of luck with everything that you have going on. Blessings abundantly in all your endeavors. And uh, until next time, man, we'll see you later. This has been Abundance Universe. Everybody have a beautiful day every day. See you next Peace. time. Peace. Peace and blessings. <laughs>